Ednert was born in the Netherlands and studied theology, Semitic languages, and archaeology of the Near East at the universities of Amsterdam and Göttingen. After professorships at the Reformed Theological Seminary of Kampen and the University of Hamburg, he held from 1993 to 2009 the chair of Ancient Hebrew Literature, the History of Religion and Material Culture at the University of Groningen. He's an ordained minister of the Protestant churches in the Netherlands, and he's an elected member of the Royal Netherlands Academy of Arts and Scientists and has served as its foreign secretary. His project at CTI is on images of God in the book of Joshua. And in what follows, I talk with him about his work grappling with texts of terror in sacred scripture. So Ed Nort, tell me a bit about your, yourself and your, your research project and, and how you got into the field uh, that you study of a Hebrew Bible. Yes, thank you. Uh, well, I have always uh, changed between Germany and uh, the Netherlands uh, in my academic career. Uh, um, and I was working in Old Testament Hebrew Bible uh, and archaeology of Palestine. And uh, then I was interested in the theology of the land and all the hard texts uh, <laughs> coming with it. And uh, you know these uh, sacred texts, uh, they, sh they play a role in uh, the, all the debates on violence and religion, uh, sometimes in a direct way. Uh, when they are used to legitimate violence uh, or to combat it, and in a more indirect way when uh, yeah, there is in secularized societies still a certain memory of uh, texts uh, of those old books, and then you see how there is a picture growing, an image growing of the cruel God, the, the God of revenge, the God of the Old Testament, etc., contrasting other uh, possibilities. And so I was interested in to go into it uh, from what do they do with these texts. And then you see that people are... Um, uh, well frustrated or are uh, asking uh, not only for the violence but that it was God who commanded the violence in these books in Deuteronomy in Joshua and uh, my question is not uh, about God but why people why man humans wrote that God commanded that. In what circumstances? Why? And uh, with what hope they have for it? And the problem is then that in academia uh, we we do that with all the means and the literature and. Uh, the languages we, we have now at, at our disposal. But uh, the, the thing is that uh, there we stop normally uh, to being and to keep academic. And uh, the difference between this text and other texts is that they had a history of reception. 
So it went on. Uh, there were people, communities, who transmitted uh, these texts and translated it, uh, actualized it for their own circumstances. So you had an ongoing history of these texts and so there grow authority. We don't talk any longer about the, the uh, concepts of, uh, the ready concepts of canon. They are there, but now we know from Kamran uh, that all these concepts are a little bit difficult, so we have to talk about it in a different way. But this history of reception is there, and we have to take it in account when we uh, are thinking about the whole problem of uh, violence, religion, and the use of sacred yeah. texts. So give me an example of a, of a specific sort of story in, say, Deuteronomy or, or the book of Joshua that people point to, in which, you know, people claim that God told them to, to act violently. Well, the most, the most uh, well-known story is the fall of the walls in Jericho, of course. And uh, this story, it's, it's an interesting story because uh, it's, uh, it is at the beginning of all the conquest stories. So there it starts. Step back a bit. So, what is what are the conquest stories? The conquest stories is, uh, are the the conquest stories on uh, the land of Canaan, the land of Israel. Uh, so, in the in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, it's commanded, and uh, Joshua is then doing that. And you have in Joshua one till five the preparations, crossing the Jordan from east to west, and then they are prepared to take the first city, and that's. Uh, uh, a miraculous uh, story about the walls falling down on the, uh, the, the cry of the people. And uh, then there is the harem, the, the ban, where all the uh, 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 inhabitants are, are killed. Uh, that is the story. But uh, if you go to the end of the book of Joshua, you have uh, a repeat of it, and there uh, uh, it is told in a God speech that uh, not your sword, not your bow gave you the land and gave you this victory. So don't think that your power is in a uh, military sense. And that's the beginning of this. Uh, uh, conquest stories and therefore uh, you have to think a little bit broader what is it for a concept uh, why do they uh, get this land why do they uh, conquer uh, this land from which we now know it's not a fact the stories are much later than uh, uh, they are told and uh, so then you come in this field of the whole theology of a land and there you have a critical sentence in uh, Leviticus in the book of uh, the uh, 20, chapter 25 where it said the land is mine so Israel is going into the land but uh, the land keeps uh, property of Adonai, the God of Israel. 
And therefore, there is distance between the giver and the recipients of the land. And that uh, makes place for a critical theology of the land. And you see developing that in the whole story of Joshua, judges, and kings. Then, then, after the fall of Jerusalem in 587, uh, before, then uh, you see that uh, there is a question. The Psalms, they had sung in the temple uh, where uh, God would be in Zion, would be in Jerusalem, and the city would never fall. Well, it's not true. Then Nebuchadnezzar came and the walls came really down. The temple was filled and people were uh, sent into exile. So then there starts a reflection. How could it happen? Did our God lose to Marduk, the Babylonian God? Or is it our own uh, behavior, our own plans, our own thing? And then you see these, these critical assignments overall in the books of kings and samuel the king did what was evil in the eyes of the lord this is a famous sentence but that means that in a critical self-assessment they look to their history and they say no it was not god but it were we and when uh, we did it in this way and so it's connected, not only the stories of coming into the land, but going out of the land in exile. And is there a new hope for living in the land, uh, maybe in future again? So it's, it's a whole complex story. And I think uh, you can't have it in a cheap way. Uh, we have to go uh, through it and uh, there is no cheap answer in way four we see in the history of reception that these texts were used by kings by emperors uh, to uh, conquer uh, extra territory to legitimate their conquest or their violence. They yes, said, they said yes. you know, here is a, in the Bible, it says God told them to commit violence. To do that so therefore, I, I have the authorization as well. Yes. You see it in coming to the Americas, South and North. You see it uh, in South Africa. You have a lot of, you see it in uh, uh, the Middle Ages. Uh, but uh, it's only a part. And the other side is that for. Uh, powerless groups these texts were a sign of hope of liberation and at the end of justice so uh, you can have a, a double uh, way out of these texts and uh, I would say in the hands of the powerful there could be poison and in the hands of uh, powerless groups it could be medicine, hmm. so it could be a help. Uh, but to say where there is abuse of texts, where you say where you can say no, you can't say it about in this way, that's difficult. And therefore, you have to analyze in what situation this 
texts were written uh, with uh, how uh, competing groups were thinking about future and then how it was transmitted into future and going the long way of the history of reception. What are some examples of powerless groups that have used these texts for liberating uh, well, purposes? Uh, have uh, alone a look in uh, uh, the songs of, of the black people who is go down Moses uh, going from uh, the exodus uh, Joshua has won the battle of Jericho etc Michael rode a boat ashore you can uh, make yes, yeah, the spiritual you songs. can you can in the spiritual songs you find a lot of of these things but we have the same uh, in in Amsterdam we have a group of uh, intercultural uh, reading of the Bible and if you talk with the people uh, from Africa and so you see recognition in parts of it and uh, it was the same when uh, in the 80s uh, and in the early 90s we had black students from South Africa and uh, uh, they were asking and longing for how is it with a liberation theology in the Old Testament. What are the, the ways, the texts, how can you read them, etc., etc. Uh, I said, yes, they have been uh, dangerous sometimes, and you have a lot of theologians who make it rather easy to set them away uh, in, this way, uh, in this way. But I said, no, uh, it is not doing it in this way, let us have a look uh, out how these texts were uh, grown, how they, they did it, and uh, how uh, they went on their travels through centuries. And then you see these two ways I mentioned. So, uh, you know, um, this this long way with doing the languages with doing the history with doing uh, waging uh, whether fact or fiction and when fiction why fiction and when history why history etc well uh, that's that's the way and that's the place we do it in academia i suppose but it has to be going on and that is what i i well, uh, where I have my difficulties, that you see this, this enormous rift between uh, what we do at the universities and what is living in parishes or in uh, uh, groups who are thinking and rethinking about this problem of violence and religion. Well, tell me, uh, tell me Ed, more about your, your project here at CTI. And what yeah. you've been working on? Yeah, so I uh, I decided then to do it on the divine images of the book of Joshua. So you have these first twelve chapters where the conquest is described. Then you have a part on the division of the land, the departing, the partage of the land, and then you have three or four chapters. You can say. Uh, how it is in living in the land, and that is in farewell speeches of Joshua, and it is on a, a strange text 
where there is uh, almost a war between the kins, between the West uh, tri uh, tribes and the Eastern tribes, and I was doing on that. So uh, you see it's, it's more refined than only they go on uh, for a conquest. You see how these uh, uh, command on, on the Gerem, on the Ben, on the total extermination, uh, is already in the first meeting uh, set aside because then the nice story of Rehab is uh, uh, there, the, the prostitute, and uh, she saves two spies of Israel and then she and her family has been saved, so expedited. Then you have in chapter 9 the tricksters of Gibeon, a neighbor uh, a city who uh, come and tell they they are from far away and uh, therefore uh, uh, they should make a covenant with uh, uh, Israel and uh, well Israel does that so at the beginning and at the end you see already stories where they are reflecting on hey yes no there are still people in the land and this why was this command gave, uh, given but it's far away and we can't do it in this way uh, today so uh, i i try to uh, to find out where the signals are in these stories so you see in this first story what i was telling about uh, jericho you see where there is no reflection on violence itself, but it is in the prophetic line uh, of the protests against, uh, against uh, the power, uh, royal power and trust in weapons, in military, etc. And there it's, it's on one line with other stories uh, of David uh, going to Goliath. Uh, with uh, protests in, in Micah and Isaiah. So you see how there is a broader line uh, in which these stories fit and have a place. As a last question, I'd, I'd just like to know, in what ways has this, uh, this workshop at CTI and your collaboration with the other scholars in the group influenced, uh, if at all, your, your project? Uh, it has influenced uh, it in this way that uh, I was much aware now about the rift between uh, these texts that play a role somewhere, but built in a system uh, at one colleague, uh, negated by uh, another one, etc. And uh, the good thing was that we uh, are talking with each other and I suppose we have learned from each other uh, and for me it means that uh, I'm still much much more aware about the long way we have to go not stopping at the historical critical analysis of these texts and then writing our commentary not making uh, a sermon 
out of it, but going the way between it, how did it develop? And where can you say in the overall concepts of it is now Girard or it is uh, interreligious dialogue, you can use these texts in this way, but uh, there is a danger there and there. So uh, mm. in this way, Edner, thanks a lot for being on the, on this uh, podcast. It's really great to talk to you, and it's been great to have you in this conversation this whole semester. To learn more about CTI, visit our website at ctinquiry.org and follow our pages on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave us a review.